0: Welcome to The County Agent, an educational podcast based out of the Barber County Extension Office, a local unit within the Kansas State Research and Extension System. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of The County Agent. I believe this is episode number five. This is Justin Goodnow with Barber County Extension Office. Uh, I'm one of the Extension agents down here and this week I am joined by Ms. Carla Nemacek. Carla is a long-time uh, employee with K-State Research and Extension. She's wore a few hats here and there, and I'm going to let her share uh, about that. So, Carla, welcome to the podcast, and why don't you just tell everybody who you are and what you've been doing and where you come from.
1: Thanks, Justin. Um, Yeah, I'm a Kansan. I was born and raised in Kansas. Um, I grew up in Emporia active in the Lyon County 4-H program there. Um, I told the Lyon County board at their annual meeting last week that I was one of those kids that showed some livestock, not super competitively, but we showed some quality livestock and we tried hard. Um, I didn't really participate in very many judging teams. My county agent called me one day and he said, uh, I'd like for you to come to livestock judging practice. I said, I don't know anything about livestock judging, and but you should come to practice. Well, I didn't. Next thing I know, a few days later, he pulls in the driveway in the county vehicle and said, I'm serious. I really think you'd like livestock judging. And my folks were impressed with his initiative and extra effort. So they encouraged me to go to the next practice, which I did. I guess you could say the rest is history. And I was hooked, um, participated on... Livestock judging teams and later horse judging team with my County 4 H program, and had the opportunity to travel around the Midwest at national contests and both horse and livestock judging. Got to judge at the World Quarter Horse Show, Paint Show, and the Arabs. Got to see different states that my family hadn't really traveled to. When I was growing up, a family vacation was a trip to Kansas City to Worlds of Fun or somewhere else within driving distance, we didn't even stay in hotels very often. So I learned how to travel with my judging team. And so that led to me accepting a livestock judging scholarship at Allen Community College, right out of high school. Um, I judged with three sophomore boys as a freshman, and we had the good fortune to win the American Royal while I was there. And I used my judging eligibility my freshman year. So my sophomore year, transferred up to K-State to major in animal science and was a member of the K-State horse judging team, the livestock judging team, and then the wool judging team because my good friend Chris Mullenix talked me into that. Um, And we got to judge with Clifford Spaeth and Go to another couple national contests, self-declared national champions because we won one of those. So, anyway, good times with that.
0: Wasn't there wasn't there a string of national champions uh, at K-State Livestock Judging during that time? Yeah, there was in the mid '90s, right?
1: Yes, we were on. I think the fourth team. We won the national contest in '96.
0: Okay. Now, your husband Jeff was he on one? Like he was on the 90 team 90 90
1: after me in 97. Okay, he was on the team in 97. Yeah. And Chris Mullenix was on, I was on Chris's team there in 96. And then Jeff was on the team in 97. And actually my good friend, Jill Zimmerman was on the team in 95. So we were among that string of competitive teams and had the, got to be coached by Dr. Scott Shockey, feel real fortunate for that. And I feel like that is a strong influence on the way, you know, I have worked with kids and individuals over the years too with judging. So after college, worked on my master's degree and found myself in Southwest Kansas where I was the ag agent in Haskell County. Um, We stayed out there for seven and a half years. Uh, My oldest son Brody was born in Garden City and then we came to Allen County where I was named ag agent in a two-agent county. Jeff worked for um, Leroy Co-op at that time and then shortly thereafter accepted the livestock judging coach position at Allen Community College and he did that for several years before um, he found himself in livestock marketing which is what he does now. So um, but I've stayed consistent with Kansas State University. I was the ag agent for Allen County, and then we formed the Southwind District in 2010 with Allen and Neosho County, added Bourbon County the following year, and then a few years later added Woodson County, and I served as director for the four county district um, during that time. This past year, was presented with an opportunity to apply for the Eastern Regional Director position for K-State Research and Extension and administratively assist with the Eastern Third Counties um, across this region. And uh, I was excited to accept that challenge and that opportunity. It's been good for me after almost 25 years and a job, change is good.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, when you were uh, the district director, you still had some responsibilities with within the district as as an agent, right? I know. Or yes. You because you led some of the judging teams. Was that, I did. Was you?
1: yeah. I'm, and actually, I still am now. I'm in the volunteer capacity with that um, with the Southwind District. I've been blessed with some tremendous livestock kids in this area, and it it's generational really the savviness that these folks have for the livestock industry many of these kids that I'm able to work with come from parents with strong backgrounds too and we have a tremendous set of VOAG teachers here in the southeast area that really push it as well so over time we've learned to work together and make the most out of our kids and With a district, we are allowed to blend our teams so I could take kids from those four counties and make four teams, up to four teams in Livestock Judging, Meats Judging, Livestock Skillathon and Livestock Quiz Bowl. And I've always had the philosophy, when Delta George and I were Delta Pollock now, but when we were first working together on this judging team project, Um, We wanted our kids to participate in all four contests. In Kansas, you know, we have the livestock sweepstakes. All four of those contests happen on the same weekend, and it's a lot of work. But I've always felt like they all benefit each other. You know, when a kid learns about meats judging, makes them a better livestock evaluator. When they learn things about breeds and feeds and equipment ID, gestation and reproduction cycles... That makes them better at quiz bowl and skillathon. So I think there's some some real value to learning form and function and details about livestock at all levels. So some of the success we have had is because we've encouraged that, and the kids have bought in. Now we've been doing it long enough that my older kids want the younger kids to learn and be successful, and oftentimes they're the best teachers. You know, those little kids really look up to the older kids, and it's a team effort. My kids that are getting married now and having kids, some of those first teams that Delta and I had, they still call and check in and want to know who's going to be on the team and are they coming to practice? Do I need to check on somebody? So it's it's really been fun.
0: That's awesome. We so When I was in high school, I grew up in southern Oklahoma, and the big thing in that high school is crops judging. And, and I can remember as a freshman, the upperclassmen pulling myself and two other kids aside and, and giving us the lowdown of this is how it's going to be. And we were intimidated enough that we worked our little rears off to not disappoint those upperclassmen. And, and that, that school, I know uh, there's a five-year run that the lowest we ever placed as a team was second place in the state. In my four years of judging, we were state champions twice and runner-up state champions twice and lost it by less than five points both times and then had the overall high individual. Uh, We had the high individual six years in a row, I think, and uh, those growing up in a program like that, it's just an experience like no other, but you know, one, one of the neatest things that happened to me was there was a girl that I went to high school with that had a younger sister that was about 10 years younger than us that called me out of the blue one day, just a few, oh, it's been, was around 07, somewhere around in there, and she called me to let me know that she'd won the state championship in crops judging and LA, Oklahoma with the state champion team again, because they, they went, they, they had a little dip there for a little bit, went through a and mm-hmm. had to adjust, but they were back on track. And I thought, that's kind of neat. You know, she called up just to let me know that. And so, you know, I know in my short time with the Extension, uh, I've watched Southwind uh, have a lot of success. And uh, I know it's, we don't have, we've never taken a livestock judging team up there since I've been here. We, we just started the livestock judging team back uh, and, and we haven't taken a skillathon or a quiz bowl team. We have been working uh with some young kids, and hopefully, as they grow, we will, but nothing neater uh not to take away from what's happening now. but one of my first years up there was watching you and keith Keith Martin's teams go at it in the quiz bowl. I mean it was totally yeah awesome. oh, the quiz bowl is something that
1: really gets my blood flowing i'm so proud of those kids they know questions and answers that i never knew at that age i mean they they're gonna whiz through animal science 101 when they get to college real easy because of the basic knowledge they already have this year scott shockey helped with that contest and i think he was impressed with how much those top teams knew and um Gosh, I'm proud of those kids. It gets my blood flowing when we have to uh, look up a question if we want to um, contest something. I've got to pull out my resources and try to come through for those kids. And luckily this year we did that and we did have the resources available, but... um, I enjoy coaching those teams quite a bit. Those kids work so hard. We spend a lot of time. And you know the good thing about Skillathon and Quiz Bowl, that is things we can do while we're traveling to different places. So we can pull out the information and ask each other questions. And I forget how much I knew one time when I was in school.
0: (laughs) You know what I know is about Quiz Bowl. Uh, We did one for the first time at our county fair in 2020, the COVID year. Uh, just kind of as something to fill some time. And we broke it into a juniors, which was, I think, 13 and under, and a seniors, which was obviously 14 and above. And it takes a special skill set to be successful in that because when you've got a crowd of people around you, like we did it in front of the bleachers right there in the show ring, and you had to buzz in, it wasn't like uh, apples to apples with what we see at sweepstakes, but it wasn't far from it. Uh, there is some, what we would call pressure, you know? Yeah, there is. And there's some kids that I would have thought would have just flat dominated that got nervous in that setting and just wasn't wasn't near as competitive as I thought they would be. And there were some kids I thought, eh, they've got a chance, but they were willing to buzz in and, and take a shot. It, it, the moment didn't did not intimidate them. And it was really neat to watch that. Like I said, we've got a good group of, young kids is starting to buy in on some stuff that we're hoping eventually we'll, we we will be able to take something up there and be competitive.
1: I hope you can, because it's a, it's a life skill that I think benefits them tremendously. Pushing that buzzer and realizing that it's your light lit up. You Mm -hmm. have to be the answer person right now. There's a little bit of a, oh gosh, it's me moment And But once they learn how to embrace that, I just think that makes them a better leader. They won't be afraid when somebody puts them on the spot. You know, the best example I have of that is I took my son Brody and Jillian Keller once to Topeka to testify on behalf of the state fair as a proponent for a sales tax issue with regard to the state fair. And you have to submit your testimony ahead of time in written form. And the kids were going last in front of this committee. So they'd already heard other testimony. And when Jillian started, the senator, the chairperson, cut her off and said, can you just summarize your notes? We've already read them and we're running out of time. And my heart stopped because I thought, my gosh, she's 16 years old standing in front of a in house of, you know, a, whatever committee there on campus or I'm sorry, in standing in front of a group of state representatives in Topeka on a microphone. And she handled it like a champ. She said, sure, I can do that. And she did. I was sitting next to Brody and I leaned over. I'm like, can you do that? He goes, yeah, mom, it's no big deal. And they both got up there and could have been one of the most proud moments I had with the two of them because that's something a lot of adults couldn't handle. And I attribute that to their skill set from quiz bowl and livestock judging and giving reasons in front of people they don't know.
0: You've And that's something we haven't touched on is the success of your, your livestock judging teams. And uh, was it just not that long ago, uh, took a team overseas, right?
1: The yeah, we...
0: And then went and- uh, represent 4-H uh, at a world contest. Is that? Yeah, we did. in on that.
1: Yeah. So the um, team that Southwind Two is what they like to call themselves. Clay Brillhart, Hayden Schaff, Jillian Keller, and my son Brody Nemechek were a part of. Um, we were second at the national Western in '19, and I thought we lost by a point or two. I thought, oh my gosh, we lost by a couple points. We were disappointed, but they gave us an envelope at the table when they picked up their plaque. And it was an invitation to the Royal Highland show and contest in Scotland. We also participated at an event in Ireland while we were over there. Anyway, so we were excited and we spent the next six months fundraising and before COVID hit, we were able to fly over the pond. And boy, I've been incredibly grateful that we did get to do that because that year was a lot of judging. I mean, after we did that, we won Denver or we were second in Denver, uh, went to Scotland and Ireland. We won the state contest in the fall. And then we judged at the American Royal and um, they won the American Royal, which was a real highlight for me. And I'm proud of winning Kansas City because that's in our own backyard. That one means as much as any of them to me. And so, I'm real I had the opportunity to judge there in 4H also. So that contest is special. And so we won that and then Kansas sends an all-star team to the national contest in Louisville and the four of them were selected to be the all-star team. And so that was fun and yeah, we went to Louisville that year and were second in the skillathon. Turned around and did the livestock judging contest, and they were fourth. So proud of them.
0: You know, I I don't know how many people recognize just how talented and how competitive Kansas 4-H is in those in those contests. Uh, because right I know I tell you, those, you, those kids those all the time. Walton's teams out of the Wildcat that that went over, well did the same stuff that that you did. That man, if you can get through Kansas, then you got a shot. That's exactly
1: right. Well, and these kids compete against each other in strong FFA programs, too. Yeah, with other coaches like Keith Martin and then Kara Comstock followed him and she did an awesome job, too. And there's been some competitive kids across the state. And I think that just makes them better. As they compete with each other, at district contests, and then they go to regional contests and state, national. That's why they're successful. The Wildcat District went to Scotland and Ireland also a yeah. few years ago.
0: And, and what's pretty neat is if 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 you have the good fortune of of being at sweepstakes and then at some livestock shows, you'll realize those kids are winning at the livestock shows too. When you talk about Brody and then uh, Jillian clay and you look at those kids that was on the wildcat team that then you're getting into the falkenstein kids and uh what's the other one is it, uh,
1: the uh, anderson boys
0: yes i mean you're they are they are very competitive in whatever they're in i mean it, yeah, it they is are. awesome to see uh, kids and families that just want to excel at whatever it is they're involved in
1: i know it is and I just think participating in these contests on a state and national level, then you go international to add to that. Talk about building life skills. I mean, these are people who have a level of confidence that, like I said before, I did not have at their age. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see what they're able to accomplish going forward.
0: You bet. Well, something that's been on my mind and, um, not to, not to cut us short on, on your judging team success, I'll, I'll just tell you, it's awesome uh, what you've done over there and what you continue to do. I mean, it's not like it's been a one and done deal. It's a gener- as you said, it's a generational thing. Uh, it's, it's really neat to see the success your kids are having over there. Let's switch gears just for a moment. Um, it's December, it's in a semester, on college campuses. Uh, let's just call a spade a spade, Carla. It's not just in Kansas. Uh, it's quite a, quite a, well, every state that I know of that has an extension, which is every state, <laughs> is having an issue with job shortages or shortage of, or has a lot of job openings. Uh, and Kansas is no different. Uh, you're in an um, administrative role now. Uh, let's talk just for a moment. Um, why why should a new college graduate be looking at extension or even consider a job with extension? You came right out of college, is that correct? I did. Yeah, I, I came into extension later in life. I had several years, I had a great career with Kansas Department of Agriculture, absolutely loved that job, accidentally fell into extension and thought, boy, I wish I'd have found this You know, 20 years ago. But why should new college graduates be looking at a career in extension?
1: Well, I think it offers a lot of flexibility. You know, with a teaching career, you'll have your summertime off. But with extension, you're going to work 12 months out of the year, but there is flexibility in getting the work done. We're looking for folks who are self-starters and who... I think want to leave this world a little better than they found it. You know, there's nothing better than seeing someone have that aha moment, whether that's whether you're giving them horticulture advice, working with a 4-H project or teaching them how to do something that makes a difference in their life. Just like you said, you wish you'd have found extension sooner. I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard that from a satisfied person who's come through the office doors to ask a question and left saying, I didn't even know the extension office was here. We've got to figure out how to quit being a best kept secret, but um, I don't know, that's harder to do than sounds like it would be. But I think extension has, K-State research and extension is really the only extension service that I can um, speak to, But. The benefits are tremendous, and I know that a college kid, because I was one one time, graduated. You're not thinking about retirement and health insurance because, shoot, you're probably still on your parents' health insurance, and it's not a priority to discuss retirement when you're 21 or 22 years old. But boy, the sooner you can get started with that, the better off you'll be. K State has a great retirement program, and part of the state of kansas health insurance which i think is pretty good it's been good for me and my family over the years um you know we're looking for folks who are willing to not just work from eight to five there's going to be some nights and some weekends but on the flip side you can trade that off and go to your kids basketball game in the afternoon if you need to leave early you can go get your hair cut or stop by and Go to a doctor's appointment if you need to during the workday. So there's some flexibility. I think it's a great career if you want to have a family and be a part of your kids' lives. You know, my kids were in 4-H. My boys went with me to a lot of events, but I think they enjoyed most of it. Lots of good stories to tell anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing is I enjoy being connected with agents and specialists and folks across the state. You know, I have friends from across all four all four corners of the state. And I that's important to me.
0: You know what? I, I think people lose sight sometimes of um just because information is free, like what what we do is we provide education. Uh we'll provide educational programs or information. If you just call the office or stop in, our services are free. you're not going to get a a bill in the mail for our answers. Uh, And I think people have forgotten that that is still valuable information. You know, we, they want to go to a quote unquote crop consultant or a quote unquote nutritionist that they're going to pay out the nose for that. We do a heck of a job educating those nutritionists, those crop consultants and everything. You know, I was in a crop best management school yesterday. Guess who else was in that school? a lot of professionals that are going to go charge you for the same information that I have because I was at the same school, which was provided by (laughs) K-State. I mean...
1: And the the key is this information is research-based. It's not just somebody's good idea. Yeah, it's unbiased and research-based. It's not just a whim that somebody made and put out on their Facebook page. It is research-based and not always from kansas state but other land-grant universities and colleges across the country you know our specialists are collaborating on projects all the time and so we're finding the best varieties of plant material whether that's ornamental or vegetables or crops that will grow best in your region based on your soil type your rainfall your weather patterns that's so important, you can look it up on the web and think, oh, that's a pretty flower. Well, turns out it only grows in tropical areas and you just wasted your time and money trying to put it in Southwest Kansas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's uh, it's so important that, to utilize research-based information. And if a college student enjoys helping people, then extension's a great career and right now we've got like you said a lot of openings which means there's a lot of opportunity out there for folks to find themselves maybe not in their home county but maybe in an area within driving distance of their home county and extension is a career where for the most part folks will embrace the extension agent welcome them to the community want them to be involved in events and activities and You know, when I was in Southwest Kansas, that was five hours from home. Those folks made me feel like I belonged. They included me in church things, in community events, and the county fair is not any better place to get to know folks.
0: You know, speaking of the county fair, I will tell you something I don't think a lot of people in Barber County know is uh, we have access to some of the best nutritionists. In the state of Kansas, and and I have a good relationship with Dr. Wagner out west, this beef specialist. And this is twice now that I went to him and said, I think we need to develop a ration uh, for some steers, uh one year it was for some heifers but they were 4-H projects that were going to end up at the county fair, you know. And I told him, I said, we're not talking about club calves. It's going to you know Louisville to show. We're talking about good ranch-raised cattle, uh, darn good ranch-raised cattle from right here in Barber County that's going to show at the county, then go into production, or if they're a steer, going to go to the rail and go into your neighbor's freezer. They're going to be food. And and we forget sometimes that it's not rocket science, shift feed science, just nutrition. And and twice, we've put together a ration uh, in this last year, the Grand Champion Steer and the Reserve Grand Champion Steer the champion Angus and the reserve champion Angus heifers or actually, they were, uh, we'll call them breeding beef. Cause as cow, calf pairs, uh, all were on a ration that was developed for free. F R E E free by K state research and extension and was made locally and cost about 50% less than your name brand feeds did. And, and I'm not just saying they won the show, on these market beef, you go to the carcass data, they were within the top five in the carcass data also. The number, you know, it it wasn't that they were just show cattle. They had dang good carcass values also. And all that was for free. And, and, and okay. more importantly, it reduced the expense of those children in their 4-H projects. Because you know and I know both. And everybody that's going to listen to this to raise livestock, January of 2021, Things changed in the feed world. Stuff got expensive in a hurry. And by reducing that cost, it made that project more affordable and, and, and made it more profitable in the long run. Yeah, so I think people miss the value in extension. And, and I think you said it right, Carlos. We are the, the best kept secret around, uh, not just in our counties, but the state. Uh, I will say this I, I, I am blessed. That I'm an agent in Barber County because I know not, not every county is the same. We have local, we like, I'm in a local unit. Uh, we talked about you uh, having a career in the district over there uh, in Southwind. But I report to the local council and, and know most of those people and they support extension, they're believers in it. Uh, not every county's like that. But I can tell you, I've had a handful of opportunities to leave. Good, good paying jobs, and, and I always tell them it ain't about the money. I mean, this deal is tough to beat. We, we have an opportunity to help uh, our neighbors, our family. I mean, people that we know on a personal level, each and every day we have that opportunity. And so uh, if you've not been a supporter of the extension office, then you need to get busy. We offer some good stuff.
1: Sure enough. And, you know, if your kids aren't involved in 4-H, but you're looking for something to do as a family, you don't just have to do the livestock projects. That's where you and I have our primary interest. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of things out there for folks. And the neat thing is, it's not just hauling them to a ball game and sitting in the bleachers. This is something you're going to do with your kids. You're going to help them and they will grow into better citizens and leaders. The other thing I wanted to say about a career in extension, if someone's looking, is you and I have both been in rural communities. We've got a lot of opportunities in some urban areas as well. And extension looks different in urban counties. I've been learning that in the last six months in my new role, but sure has a lot to offer. And again, like you said, FREE research-based information can be found anywhere in Kansas. You know, K-State's coming out with that new initiative, K-State 105, and we're embracing the fact that there are 105 counties with 105 extension offices and we need to know that there is something in your community.
0: Yep. Yeah, we we recently did a beef program uh, in Pratt County, Pratt hasn't had an ag agent up there since. Uh, it's coming up on close to a year uh, since that agent left, and that agent moved to back to the family farm. wasn't that they didn't like Extension that opportunity to move back to the family farm and did it. And uh, me and Dr. Wagner got to talking and said, you know, they, they there's no way they've had any type of ag programming up there in a year. So let's take a beef program up there. So we put one together and. And, and and I'll admit it was long. If you don't like education, it wasn't for you. We started about six o'clock that evening, and served a meal, and you know, we had Drew Ricketts, Dr. Ricketts, kicked it off uh, with a predator control during cabin and lambing season talk, and then uh, Dr. Wagner did a, um, a talk on forage sampling, the importance of forage analysis body condition scoring on cows coming into uh, what we would call spring cabin season. And then we wrapped it up with our little, uh, our new friend of extension, Lane Egger, who is a a, a meat assistant, meat extension assistant. He's a grad, grad, grad student. And he did a program on ground beef alternatives. And we grilled uh, some ground beef patties and we grilled a couple different types of uh, ground beef alternative patties, and we did taste testing, and he showed a, a, a research project they've had going on up at K State, and we went through it. It was really neat, and uh, one of the state extension advisory council uh, reps was there and come up afterwards and said, "Thank you so much for bringing this to Pratt." He was from that area. He goes, "This was absolutely phenomenal. Where could you have went and got those three different talks?" In the same evening, in the same location, I said, "That yeah, it's, it's awesome." You know, so we we didn't have a huge turnout at that deal, even though we did it as a multi county type of thing. But we was able to record it and, and capture that information. So we've got out there on YouTube, and we're starting to get some traction off those videos. But I tell you, uh, the extension is the best kept secret around. It really is. It is. And we've been saying it since I've been here. We've developed a social media presence. We've started this podcast to try to get out there a little bit more, but we still are, you know, people still, I've got friends, there, are nutritionists. One of my, my good friends, one of your old uh, old friends as well makes his living, developing rations. And I just talking to him here, as a matter of fact, but we got just as good a nutritionist, and it's free. So no knock on him. Always tell him, you know, he just cost a little bit more than what we cost.
1: But, That's right.
0: Uh, so we we talked a little bit about uh, your kids and stuff being involved uh, with livestock judging, and then our, you know the careers and extension. Uh, and I'd like to kind of visit on something. I know we're a little ways out, but talking about livestock projects for four H kids. Um, my opinion right now is if you don't have your beef project picked out. I truly feel you're behind the eight ball. I know some kids don't get there till a little bit later. They're just going to County fair. That's fine. I, I like to have those beef projects as early as possible to get your hands on them while they're a little bit smaller. Um, but when we go to look in, uh, I know your family's involved, uh, you've had a lot of success in the swine barn, a lot of success in the goat barn, but what should we be looking at? Let's take our extension hats off and let's look at this as parents. What should we be looking at? What should we be doing right now to be prepared to bring that project home when it's time?
1: Well, I think we need to think about how many of the project we're going to bring home because that determines the pen space and the shelter that we're going to provide. Growing up, my dad preached, clean pen, clean feed, clean water. That's the three most important things. And you know, if all you've got to water out of is a stock tank or some sort of automatic waterer, there's concerns about that. How are you gonna keep the water from freezing? How will you keep it clean? How can you make sure they have water 24 hours a day? My kids have shown all four species over the time. We have a handful of cows and getting ready to calve some out after the first of the year and we'll be chopping ice on the pond. But over time, we have some automatic waterers that have a heating element in them. And boy, that makes life a whole lot easier. and with hogs, they're on automatic waterers, too, because in the summertime, you can't run the risk of not having free water in front of your hogs all the time. It just gets too hot in Kansas and well, in the Midwest, for that matter. Um, we change the water out on the goats all the time. We, it's, they're watered out of a bucket, but we have to make sure it's clean every day. And they prefer fresh water, too. I think that as you're thinking about your projects, it's how many, and what do you have time for? You know, what do you really have time to devote to getting these projects ready? Because whatever species you decide to jump into, it takes some time. Breaking them, getting them to brace, teaching them to walk and load, and you've got to remember that the weather's not always going to be your friend, Mm -hmm. so that's the problem with Number one problem in my mind for waiting this long to pick out a calf is not only are they bigger, but although the weather's been great lately, it surely won't stay that way. And how are you going to find the time with your kids being in ball and school and all of that to get them broke the way they need to be to be safe? Because we've taken calves that aren't as broke as they should have been to the county fair. It ain't very much fun, frankly. So it's a lot more fun to take one that's just dog broke. And those are the good experiences for kids, especially little kids.
0: You bet, do you take, um, do you study genetics for livestock projects? You know, and I'll, let me just kind of lead you into this a little bit. Um, We raised, we've raised show goods for several years. Uh, we don't market it like, near like what we used to. I, I'll be honest, if I can raise one for my kids, that's about all I care. I don't care if we send anything out anywhere. We still have a lot of success. Uh, we just don't push it like we used to. But, man, I used to really study genetics, uh, used to study who was going to be judging where, this, that, and the other. And I don't know if it's just because I'm older now But I don't care anymore. What I what I when I look at it, what I'm looking for in an animal is something that's in my mind. What I prefer, not necessarily what somebody else prefers. Like case in point, uh, we had two goats at our county fair last year. One that we raised, one that we didn't raise. And the reason we had one that we didn't raise is one of my twins told me too late that she wanted to raise a show weather, and I only had one weather saved back because normally she doesn't show weather. So I went to one of my friends just down the road and, and bought a goat. I couldn't tell you what that weather was out of. I, I have zero knowledge of his genetics. I know what he cost me. Um, I looked at him, thought he's completely different than what I've got already in the barn. So, uh, and, and I really bought him more for his docility than anything. That goat ended up being reserve grand. And the one that I raised that I prefer uh, made the grand drive, but on the back row. But I, I liked that goat of mine. I, he's, he had more body, you know, had more uh, more length of body, a little more leg to him. his taller, uh, lengthier goat. He was a better looking goat when you looked at him. He was good looking. He didn't handle near as good as the smaller one did. That was that was his whole. He didn't handle bad, but he didn't handle as good. But in my mind, I'm like. I want to raise a goat like that every time because he was a complete goat, super complete, hard hard to punch a hole in. And so I guess what I'm getting at, Carla, is I don't waste a lot of time. You know, I may look at what some people are, are, are using as far as studs or bulls or whatnot, what's the hot thing out there. But I don't really get caught up in it because I want to buy what I like and not necessarily what is the, the latest trend. What What's your thoughts?
1: I probably agree with you. I think structural correctness is probably one of the most important things for our family. And both Jeff and I judged for Dr. Shockey and that's what he puts emphasis on. Um, I did my, got my master's degree under Dr. Hines and Jeff worked for him there in Manhattan. And structure was important for him too and I think we've passed that along to the boys and um, so if their feet and legs are pointed the right direction and they've got a good skeleton, I think you can do a lot with that and anymore if you can find one that's built right, we've got a lot of options with different feet additives mm-hmm. to make their body shape more what maybe when you learn later what a judge prefers and so, I'm with you, though. I want to go out and feed and work with ones that I like to look at, that I'm proud of evaluating. And so when we find them that are built right, we can show them to a lot of different judges. We can show in the spring and get different opinions. But the ones that are sound are always going to find a pin or find themselves on the front row. Yeah. You know, so making sure that structure, and that's hard right now, especially in hogs. There's a lot of variability and a lot of difference in opinion on some of that, and that'll get a kid in a judging contest once in a while, but, um, you know, you still have to find what you like, and the other thing I like to encourage families as they consider, especially these small animal projects coming into the spring, Maybe do some homework on different breeds. In Kansas, at our state shows, and in some of our spring series, they show with a pedigree in the hogs, and so maybe you want to find a purebred Hampshire that you can show, and then show as a jackpot pig in the spring, and if you get her born right, you can show a purebred at the state fair or the junior livestock show, maybe even the American Royal so I think getting your kids involved in different breeds puts them in different classes. If you can win a breed, even if it's a minor breed, it puts a 4 her or an FFA member back in the show ring one more time. And every time they can get back in there, that's just another level of experience and confidence that these kids get. And I think that makes them better showmen and just better adults doing showmanship you know is important and so finding a docile one and I know with our goats we don't show them by breed but by weight so maybe you find a a November or a December kid that you think you'll be done with at the county fair and maybe a little bit younger one to take on to state fair junior livestock show and get them that experience too so With our sheep, we show them naturals and blackface and whiteface. And at the state fair and the junior livestock show, they classify breeds in Kansas. So you don't have to have registration papers for the market side. You do for the breeding, but that's another, and breeding, that's another place you can get your kids involved in these livestock projects. If you're not sure your kid is quite ready to part with a market animal at the county fair, well, buy them a heifer, get them a get them a U and let's raise a couple. You don't have to jump in with a whole herd of 40 mama cows. You can have two heifers and breed them and bet there's people down the road or in your county and county agent could probably help you find somebody that'll get them bred for you, get them AI'd. And, and there's that's what's hooked my family is raising our own, being able to think about the genetics you know, a year in advance. We go to a show sometimes and we're watching how different um, different sires are performing. You know, that's how we're, then we determine our breeding selections based on what we saw at the show. You know, if we like something, we, if it's not published, we'll ask them, what was that out of? And then we're like, well, that might work on this one or probably wouldn't work on that one. So we make breeding decisions based on what we see other people doing too.
0: You know, that's, that's something that people need to keep in mind is don't be afraid to get out there and see what, what people have. You know, um, it was New Year's Day of 2020 prior to, you know, the pandemic. Um, I was down at Jared Schneeberger's house left. When the sun came up, drove Carnegie, Oklahoma. I'd bought a couple of bread doughs from him, and uh, we walked around the place. And I walked past, past a pen, and I said, what in the world is that? He goes, that's Tom Petty. I'm like, that is the most exotic fronted buck I've ever seen. And I said, is that what them doughs I bought are bread, too? And he goes, yeah. And I said, you got any more to sell? And ended up buying some more. And before I got out of his driveway, I placed a call to a friend of mine in Colorado. And I placed a call to our mutual friend over in Kingman and said, I don't care if you've not heard of this uh, buck, but this is what you need to be keeping an eye on going forward. This is one of the most exotic bucks I've ever seen. I, I just think he's the next thing. The grand champion weather at OYE is out of him. Wow. <laughs> and that that weather, if you go to, uh, oh, what is it? Grandgoats.com, that show weather is up for show weather of the year in the nation right now. And uh, we we were fortunate that we raised a buck kid out of him, and we've got kids on the ground out of him now. Uh, but what I think is even more I mean, and so let me wrap that up by saying, get out and see what people got. I didn't waste a lot of time going down the pedigree of what Tom Petty is. I know what his sire is. I know what his name is. But it was more about that exotic look that he had. And man, he could move like a cat. And if you was at OYE or heard the uh, the judge talk reasons, when he picked that goat in the class, he said, if this goat makes it to a backdrop, you need to take a video and not a picture because this one is great on the move. And I love a goat that's good looking. Well, I like livestock in general. One that's good looking and two that can move, can get around. And uh, that's, that's what I went after when I seen that buck. Now, that, let's fast forward. The thing that you've got to experience with your kids, because they're older, I'm getting to with mine, is they're just now going to be able to show livestock out of some of their previous projects, other breeding animals. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a neat experience that is of getting them to show one that is, uh, we'll see, The Grand Champion Doe at our county fair in 2020, uh, we've got uh, a kid out of her on the ground. She left after our county fair. Some people wanted to show her in Oklahoma, so we let them take her, and she hit the circuit down there, and so we got her back. So she bred a little later than what we would like her to. I mean, we would have liked to have had a kid out of her already, but uh, one of my girls will be able to show uh, offspring out of one of their own projects previous project. There's
1: there's nothing better, nothing better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that teaches them to go back to livestock judging, you know, preparing for a project and thinking about what's important. And I think we just build them from the ground up. You can do a lot of different things. You have more um, possibilities with one that's built right, Than you do with one that needs adjusted in his hock or in his hip or, you know, his front feet toe in. If everything's just going the right direction, the possibilities are endless.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it has been a pleasure visiting with you. Is there anything else you want to visit about before we end this deal?
1: Well, I just think, um, you know, as we're planning, for county fairs and if anybody's has any influence in selecting judges or helping their fair boards select judges whether you serve on them or not i hope that you're looking for folks who are good with kids who are good livestock evaluators and maybe we're keeping in mind that um there are some good lady judges out there I don't think we're hiring as many of them as we should be. When you go to a state or national judging contest, there's probably more ladies participating right now than there are young men, but that's not who we seem to be hiring. So I hope folks will consider that. I wouldn't want someone to hire based on that criteria alone. But as you look at the judges list, hopefully there's a balance there and um, something that I'm just becoming aware of later in my career. I wish maybe it had been brought to my attention a lot earlier because I've picked a lot of county fair judges and worked with different committees and looked at lists, and it never even occurred to me that we should probably be making more considerations for including everyone who's qualified to judge. I know you've, you and I have talked about that before.
0: Yeah, you bet. I will. I'll just come out and tell you, uh, with no news to you. Uh, it may be to the people that listen to this, but last year the first person I called to judge our county fair, and I was going to let this individual judge the entire stock show. We, we our stock shows run on two days. I was going to let this gentleman uh, judge both of them because he's qualified to judge every species. He's really good at it, and uh, he's an openly gay man. He's got a wildly popular podcast. Comes out every Friday. Yeah, he does. But he was he he's more than qualified. One of the best evaluators in the country. Period. Uh, he was booked that day, uh, but I I went through a list and it wasn't I wasn't looking specifically for somebody that was openly gay or somebody that was an African American or Hispanic. It just happened to be that. There were some very good options out there. It didn't work out, but I went through a list before I got to the guys that I ended up settling on. And and I'll tell you this people need to know that when we ask a judge to come to a show, it doesn't matter if it's a state fair, a county fair, a spring jackpot, we are asking that individual to come and give their opinion that day. We're asking them to take a day out of their life away from their family. Away from whatever they had planned to do, and sometimes it, it, you get paid. Sometimes you don't to go do this stuff. Uh, it's nothing that you're going to make a quote unquote living by. By no means, uh, but you're taking time out of your life, and you're given your opinion that day. They're asking that person to pick the ones they like the best. Just because it's not the one I want or I like the best doesn't mean that person is wrong. Because I can tell you, you know that 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 goat that wins Reserve granted our county fair that that we had, that was not my favorite goat, but that was that was BK's second favorite. He loved that goat, and he said it on the microphone that that goat was ugly headed. He was a little bit older, so he kind of ugly headed, he was a little bit squirrely on his hind wheels. But BK likes him stout and and, and exotic, and, and he was wicked. I mean, you put your hands on, them, you're like. How did you get that much muscle in that little of a body? But the one I liked placed second in his class and come out was on the back row of the the Grand Drive. We get to the breeding doe show and the doe that I told my little girl, Jand I said, man, you're going to knock it out of the park with this doe. She got beat. (laughs) And BK tells me at the backdrop, he's like, you know, that's probably going to be the best breeding doe when it's all said and done. I said, that was a breeding doe show. (laughs) He goes, yeah, but that one's just too exotic to put in second. So, so the ones I like the best did not win. Yeah, and, and we we need to keep in mind uh, these are these judges, these evaluators are human. There is a different type of pressure when you step into that ring to evaluate, whether it's a jackpot, a county fair, or whatever it is. It's a whole different view inside that ring than it is sitting along the rail, you know, talking it up with your buddies. It's a whole different view. And I'll, I'm going to tell a story that not very many people know, and I don't care if it gets out. But We had a judge that felt ill the week of our county fair and couldn't make it to Judge Pigs. And so I found a guy on about 24, maybe 48-hour notice. And he, in my opinion, he found the best pig there. That that pig went on and, and placed pretty good at the state fair. wasn't wasn't burned at the county, but it was a smaller pig. Doesn't mean it wasn't a good one. And I had a gentleman come behind me during that show in the announcer's booth, and proceeded to tell me how bad a job that guy was doing. Well, a lot of people don't know is that guy. I asked him to come give his opinion that day, and he did. And I'm not going to argue with the one he used. Uh, What they also don't know is when he was done evaluating, he went to the fair office and we cut him a check. And he turned around and went over to one of our fair buildings and spent that entire amount of money in a solid auction that was benefiting one of our former 4-Hers. He came up and judged that show for free and spent half a day at our county fair for free. And he doesn't know that somebody came up behind me and was saying, don't you ever hire him again, blah, blah, blah. I think we lose perspective sometimes of what we are asking people to do when we ask them to come evaluate livestock at a county fair. And so for all you that thought that guy did such a terrible job, just know that uh, he did something a lot of people didn't do that day, went and spent all the money he was given and put it back to a local Barber County 4 her that's battling cancer
1: pretty big that is and that's the other thing about judges that I don't know people put enough emphasis on that we need to find judges who are good people just like that who are good examples for our kids to look up to and say wow I want to be like that you know people who have a good reputation who are positive about livestock but not afraid to point out the flaws too you shouldn't go to a show if you're not afraid to get beat because it's going to happen. Just like you talked about the your favorite goat ends up on the back row. We've mm-hmm. got to be prepared for that. And I get joy out of listening to judges who are honest in their comments, even if the truth hurts a little bit. I don't mind because like you said, it's somebody's opinion. That's why I'm cautious to pick out a project specifically for one judge because we believe in going to spring shows and we'll try to, you know, show something in the summer and then make it work as a breeding guilt in the fall so that we can get the most mileage possible out of them. And we're going to see 20 different judges with 20 different opinions most of the time. So I enjoy a good judge who is so oftentimes I'll say a little colorful on the mic, I'm not afraid to use some terms that I'll have to correct later with my judging kids who think it's kind of fun to say some of those cool terms. I'll have to say, nope, that's not appropriate in the reasons room, but it's fun to listen to at a stock show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, hear, you. I hear you.
1: I And I enjoy that. And I think that judges should have fun with it. You can tell a person who's judging and enjoying themselves and they want to be there and they're really engaging with the kids and moving around the ring versus somebody where it's just a job for them. So that's probably one of the strongest criterias for me is finding someone that I know will be a good evaluator and do a good job with our kids and have fun doing it. Because judging is a good time. I mean, whether you're participating in a contest or whether you are on the inside judging outside of a ring, you know, and there's some burden there, too, to have to think about now what people are saying, who's posting pictures on what site and saying things, because you have to have thick skin for that. Oh, it's yeah. not. It's not for the weak of heart, for sure. People are so critical now, and we've got too many platforms for people to speak their opinion without anything to back it up. You know that's it's, frustrating.
0: It's something to keep in mind, and and, and I don't care for hurting base feelings by saying this, but I'll, I'll hear people complain at the county fair. You know. Well, we didn't win because that, that judge didn't know what they was looking for, blah, blah, blah. I always followed up with, well, how'd you do after the county fair? Did you go up and light it up at the state fair in KJLS? Or did you get your butts handed to you there too? Because there may be a pattern here if you're not winning at any of those shows. It may be maybe it wasn't the judge's fault. Nobody has a run of bad luck like that throughout a year. You know, and, and I'll I'll tell you what changed my my whole thing in the goat. Goat industry, and and this was, we was on the Grand grand Drive Committee together back then. Uh, we showed up at the state fair one year, and I mean, I thought we had a, a pin of stingers. We got our butts handed to us, I mean, all day long. We got up there and seen what we was against. It, I did not think it was rigged whatsoever. The best place we had all day, I think we had five or six goats up there, it was a fifth place. Some people get excited and slap high fives for fifth place. I get mad and take long walks uh, because I am mad. Mad's not the same, not not the exact word, but we can't say that word on this podcast.
1: Disappointed. uh, You could say disappointed.
0: Disappointed. But, you know, I came home and uh, I said, I got to make changes. If we're going to be competitive, I got to make changes. And I made a change in stud box moving forward from, from that year on. We rolled in there that next year, and uh people knew we was there. Went on a streak of five straight years of making the Grand Drive. Two of those years we got a piece of it. it was in the top five, Reserve Grand one year, fifth overall one year, and did that coming out of Division One five straight years. The littlest wow. there, and then we kind of walked away from it. You know, it it wasn't what, it, what what we intended. And now we just have fun, go to the county fair, whatnot, but. It was, it was, it took a good butt kicking. And it took me being open-minded enough going, we're just not good enough. It ain't that we ain't winning. We can't be any better than fifth place today. We're not that, I mean, when you look in the ring, that's a humbling experience to go,
1: yeah, we're done. (laughs) We're not, we're not coming back to the ring after this. No, and sometimes, sometimes too, it depends on your showman you know yes. how how ready is your showman you're like well we've got a good one today boys you better get in there and work hard this isn't just lead them around and stand there Yeah. we're gonna have to work hard and act like you want to be here like you think you've got a good one and walk out of there with your head high because you showed as good as you could regardless of the judge's outcome like you said we're we're going to be disappointed. We're not going to win as much as we'd like to. Nobody does, I don't think. Yeah. But yeah. So teaching our kids how to accept that. You know what do they say? The victory of defeat. What do they say that? I don't remember.
0: Oh, the old um, ABC Wide World of Sports.
1: Yeah, Wide World yeah. of Sports. Whatever that was. Yeah. But you yeah. know, I want my kids to know how to accept loss. Um, but still be proud of what you've got, because guess what? We're going to go show them again and, you know, we'll learn some things. We had a guilt last year that we were real proud of, and we just couldn't get over the hump with her second, third, all the time. And, um, she's, we thought we might keep her for a breeding guild and opted not to, because what we saw in her, too many people saw her and didn't like what we did. So we made some changes too. And I think that's okay. That's what, that's how we evolve. It's how the livestock showing world evolves. If we all wanted to stay the same, we'd be showing those um, short fat pigs and we wouldn't even have meat goats in Kansas. It took us long enough to get those. You and I had to work hard to make that happen. Oh,
0: I, you know, I, I went and judged a show pre-COVID down in Oklahoma. It was a local show. And you'll know who's ag teacher down there. He was a first year ag teacher. And the only reason I went and did it, a guy called me on Friday night at nine 30 and said, I'm sick. I'm scheduled to judge this local show in Oklahoma at nine 30 tomorrow morning. Will you go do it for me? And I'm like, I don't judge everything. I said, I'm good with sheep and goats and cattle. But I said, I can't stand pigs. Well, there's a lot of pigs in this little local show. Mm-hmm. Now I'm out and he goes, Oh, you'll find the ones you're supposed to. I said, who's the ag teacher? I said, Carl Riffle. Because if it wasn't oh, big his Carl. mother, you know, his mother fought and fought just like the rest of us get those goat shows in Kansas at the State Fair and KGLS. And I said, I'll go do it because I, I made a lot of money because of his mama getting goats in Kansas. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know. Beth was an ally for us. She was on the Grand Drive Committee at the right time yep. with the right people. But Boy, we had to work hard for that, and so I don't ever want to take that for granted. We're lucky to have all four species, and now we have market and breeding in all four species, too. It's continued to grow. And,
0: and you know what? Um, just like we talked about earlier, as tough as Kansas is, the livestock judging and quiz bowl and, and stuff like that meats judging on a national level, we're just as tough in the show ring. And, and if you don't believe that, go look at some of the major show winners that Kansas kids can compete in. Go look who was fifth overall uh, weather dam at, at Louisville. Go look who won the Weather Goat Show at Exarban is a Kansas kid. Go, go look who's winning at the American Roll. Those, you've got some of them right there in your backyard, even uh, a, a family over, in I think Labette County, maybe. But mm. you, it doesn't matter uh, if we don't have, say, a thousand goats at the Kansas State Fair. We we are fortunate enough, me and you, Carla, to know this because we enter we we know a lot of those judges and we worked on the inside of that show that I can remember Marvin Enzer, one of the premier goat goat judges from Texas, an extension, you know, specialist down there, uh told me that year that he judged goats at the state fair. He goes, this is one of the best kept secrets in the country. He goes, the the quality of livestock is off the hook. There may not be that many, but what's there is extremely good, extremely.
1: We hear that every year, Justin. We hear that every year from judges surprised at how flat awesome the breeding cattle show is at the Kansas State Fair. There are some of the best females in the country
0: Mm -hmm. showing
1: there, you know. And like you said, the Cooley family gets along at Exarbin. The Keller family gets along at the American Royal with sheep. I mean, we. We've got kids from Kansas competing high end at these national shows and judges walk in and they always act surprised, but you and I know that they're here, but it, I think it comes from strong 4-H programs and FFA programs in our state, encouraging these kids to get more out of their projects than just the county fair. And the county fair is a great place to get started. And we want them to compete there so that others can learn because going to the national shows isn't for everyone. But I hope kids can get exposed to livestock projects. I think it makes them better consumers someday when they're in the grocery store looking to buy things. I think it makes them better at being a voter. Maybe you're going to think about agriculture a little differently when you're at the polling booth. And so makes them a better advocate for agriculture in general. We've got to keep feeding this world. And not every kid is going to end up in production agriculture with a career. But sure enough, they're going to vote for somebody. They are going to make decisions on feeding their family. So let's hope that their past experiences that we've been talking about lead them to being a better person in their community.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Carla enjoyed the talk. Uh, Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to to visit. Might've been my favorite one so far.
1: Well, Justin, I enjoyed every minute of this. Yeah, we did far more than we planned on. And my (laughs) face hurts because I think I've been smiling the entire time. I enjoyed (laughs) this a lot. It was very good.
0: Yeah. Well, be sure uh, to tell Jeff hi for me uh, and, and for people around here, uh, you've probably seen Jeff, may not have known it, but he does occasionally hit the bull sales in this part of the country. I know I've seen him at Boland's a time or two, uh, but good, good guy. Uh, got a couple of really good kids. Do you want us to talk about them real quick before we, before we shut this off?
1: Yeah, I would like to talk about them real quick. Brody's uh, currently a sophomore at Butler Community College on the livestock judging team. And um, he has hopes to be a judge at some of these shows eventually. He has dipped his toe in the water and did some smaller county fairs this summer. And I had it was great joy for me to watch him do that. And he has a real passion for, in particular, the swine industry um, his SAE and FFA was diversified, so taking care of the goats and the cows and the sows were part of that project. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's got a good diverse background behind him and look forward to him participating on the judging team at K-State and being coached by my former teammate, Chris Molinick So excited to see that in the next few years. And he's surrounded himself with some good people and good friends, and he's learning a lot from Taylor Frank there at Butler Community College really glad we made that decision. He's learned a lot. Uh, Kaiser is a freshman in high school, currently playing basketball and doing those things. I took him out to the beef expo contest a few weeks ago, and he told me how much fun he had. He said, judging used to be a bit of a chore, but he said, I looked forward to the next class. I was excited to give my reasons. So I'm hopeful that he's caught that bug as well. And, uh, I have high hopes for the next generation of Southwind kids that he'll be a part of uh, with teammates. Those kids are already motivated. They got, they didn't do as good as they wanted to at the beef expo. I think that was a good thing because it kind of lit a fire under them to try a little harder. We got beat by some Oklahoma teams and they didn't really like that very much. So Mm -hmm. we know we've got work to do. That's the good thing about getting beat once in a while gives you new energy to try a little harder.
0: Inspiration.
1: Yep. We all need that once in a while, don't we? We want all the time. We would think we didn't need to practice and we didn't need to prepare. And so it's a good learning experience for them. And I'm a little bit worried about how much time they're going to need of me this summer to get ready, but I'll probably take them up to Manhattan to K-State's judging camp and let Chris work with them for a few days. (laughs) That'll be good for all of them, I think. And then we'll make another run at it in August.
0: You bet. Good stuff. Carla, hey, uh, this will drop on Friday. Um, So Merry Christmas.
1: Yeah, that is a Merry Christmas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Be sure to tell Jeff hi for me and uh, hope, hope everything goes well the rest of the week. And probably won't see you till next year.
1: Yep. Well, Happy New Year to you, Justin. And thank you for including me in this podcast. You're doing a good job with it. All kinds of topics for folks that are interested in and promotion of extension, K-State research and extension. And I always pr- appreciate that.
0: You bet. Thank you. Have a great time. Take care. Have a great time. Thank you, Carla.
1: Merry Christmas, Justin.
0: Thank you for listening to The County Agent. Be sure to like, subscribe, or leave a review.